0: I think I'm on and uh, open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1 if you would please Philippians chapter 1. I do appreciate all of those who came out today and helped assemble the, the Word of God. And got a represent, representation up here has already been mentioned. I also appreciate the hospitality, the place to stay, the meals that have been provided. And looking forward to spending some more time and getting to know some of you a little bit better. We're looking forward to sharing our burden tomorrow. I've been excited to hear uh, the burden of the missionaries that are here. And um, what a blessing to be in God's house with God's people. I don't know what your custom is, but I ask you to stand as you find your place there in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. We'll read the verse Pray, I'll let you be seated and we'll jump right into the message. Philippians chapter one and verse twenty-seven, where the word of God says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you, or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Notice that last phrase, striving together. For the faith of the gospel. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the privilege of being again in your house with your people, the freedoms that we have to do so, as we heard last night. We thank you for that. Help us not to take it for granted. And may we use the liberty, Lord, to propagate the gospel even here uh, in America. Thank you for these that are going to different places on the planet. I pray that you would uh, bless, Lord. I pray that you would use me tonight. Fill me with your spirit, please. I'm behind the cross. Give us spirit filled ears. And Lord, may we, however, not be hearers only, but may we be doers. May we hearken. May you have your will and way. Uh, I believe that uh, Missions Conference is a great time to be challenged, uh, and that's good. But Lord, we, I believe that we need to be more than challenged. We need to be changed, and only you can do that. So I ask you to change us for your cause and for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Uh, tonight, I want to preach for a little bit on... Well, uh, the theme of your conference, Do Your Part to Reach the World. And so we can give that title to the message, Do Your Part to Reach the World. And and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time here in Philippians 127. We'll actually look at several passages tonight. But here, uh, this uh, this verse talks about, again, striving together uh, for the faith of the gospel. And we some of us will be doing that in other places. We are gathered here, of course, for this week. Uh, but uh, uh, some of us will be going off to uh, different areas, back to... Uh, I uh, won't start mentioning the countries, but uh, uh, but we're striving together. And Pastor Mark's already talked about, you know, there's a different piece of the puzzle for each of us. Uh, tonight, I'm actually going to look at some things that I believe is is for all of us. So Sometimes we wonder. So, what is what is our part? What what can be my part to reach? Uh, the world. And I think the Bible answers that for us. Uh, I don't think this will be new, uh, but uh, just some repetition of some Bible principles that we need to do if we're going to do our part uh, to reach the world. First of all, we need to pray. And uh, Luke 10, verse uh, 2 is a familiar verse. It's also a uh, parallel passage of Matthew. But Luke 10, 2 says, Therefore uh, said he unto them, he being Jesus, them being the disciples, the harvest truly is great. And the, the, but the laborers are few. And think about this, if that was true back then, it's even more true today. Uh, the population has uh, exploded uh, since the days when Jesus, was Christ, Jesus Christ was on planet Earth. And so the harvest truly is great, uh, not, in, not only in, in size, but in magnitude and importance, right? The harvest is great. But the laborers are few, and uh, that is a, a sobering statement, and it is a true statement, I believe, still today. The laborers are few. And uh, the answer, uh, Pastor Mark also alluded to the point of, you know, God has a plan, right? And uh, He gives us part of the plan right here. He said, "...pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that He would send forth labors into His harvest." And I actually forgot to replenish my prayer map. I gave one to someone last night. But on our table there, we have prayer maps. And years ago, when we started with this ministry, in fact, sometimes people still ask me, they'll look at my board and they'll say, so where are you a missionary to? And I started to say, to the world. And then I got to thinking, well, I better know what I'm talking about. And uh, to make the long story short, I found a prayer map put out by another uh, ministry. It wasn't one that I could necessarily recommend, but God used that map in my life to enlarge my burden and my vision. I started praying for countries that I had never heard of. And and so some years ago, I heard that there were 70 countries on planet Earth that didn't have a single independent Baptist missionary. And uh, I thought to myself, that's not God's fault, right? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I appreciate what Brother Reisinger said about his generation. I believe every generation has the responsibility to reach the world with the gospel. The Great Commission is to be accomplished. It's not something, you know, for the end of the age, it's for every generation to accomplish. Of course, we haven't. Many generations have dropped the ball now. And, uh, but I believe part of the reason is because uh, we aren't praying right this is a specific prayer request now there's a lot of teaching on prayer in the bible but i believe that this is the only specific prayer request that christ gives us and yet many christians do not systematically pray For labors, and so uh, I believe God led us to put out the World Prayer Map. We've been uh, publishing it for ten years now, and uh, and one of the reasons is to get people praying for our our, our ministry and the countries that we hadn't got shipped to to get uh, to ship to. And God's enabled us to grow in that regards. But the real purpose is it's got the nations listed there, and if you pray for eight countries a day, you can pray through the world on a monthly basis. And so uh, I'll just share a quick testimony before we move on. Uh, so, a, a country that I've been praying for for years is Gabon. Gabon is a French speaking country in Africa. There was no independent Baptist missionary that, that we knew of. And, uh, and a few years ago, about, about two years ago now, I suppose, uh, I was in a mission conference and I saw this playboard for guess where? Gabon. I was excited. And I got to meet Brother Fisa, Mihi Mihindu. He's from Gabon. Uh, long story short, he came to the U.S. to go to medical school. God had other plans. He got grounded in the Independent Baptist Church in Nebraska, uh, studied for the ministry, got called to go reach his people back in Gabon. And uh, so he was on the deputation trail and... Uh, uh, I, I was excited, so I added his name next to my prayer list uh, where I pray for countries. And if I know of a labor there, I pray for them then by name. And if, if I don't have a name next to it, then I'm praying that God would raise up labors. And so he was an answer to my prayers. And, uh, but the neat part of the story is, uh, um, uh, he, so I, I talked to my pastor about him, and we had him in uh, uh, la, uh, summer, about two summers ago. And we have a young man in our church, John DeSpain. And uh, John was working camp staff that summer. That, well, yeah, that summer, and when Brother Fisa came to our church, John was at camp staff. Well, a few weeks went by, and uh, John had come back from camp staff. And we took some of the teenagers in, in our church up to Illinois to help a small church. We had done some uh, uh, some John enrollments for them, and uh, we had taken gone, gone in to just try to be an encouragement, do some uh, uh, canvassing. And uh, so John was my roommate. And, uh, and out of the blue, one night, John asked me, Hey, Brother John, I said, what can you tell me about Gabon? And it kind of took me back. And I said, Well, don't you remember Brother Fisa? And he, he reminded me, No, I was at camp staff. And I said, Oh, yeah. So I told him a little bit about Brother Fisa and, and all that, and that we were already uh, plan, uh, planning on shipping a container for him so that when he landed, he could hit the round, ground running. And uh, French Bibles, French New Testaments, French John and Romans, and French Gospel tracts, a whole container. And uh, so then I knew John used our prayer map. But then John, uh, we're talking about a teenager now. John showed me his prayer list. And he showed me Gabon, where God had laid Gabon on his heart and he had put it on his daily prayer list. He wasn't just praying for it monthly. He was praying for Gabon daily. And so my point is, it wasn't that, that God was answering my prayer God was answering the prayer of a teenager. Amen? Folks, the point is, we can get on board if we get on board with God's plan, right? It's His plan. He's the one that said, go into all the world. And He told us specifically, pray for labors. And so, don't raise your hand, but think to yourself, when was the last time that you prayed for labors, for a specific place? Uh Many other stories could be told. I don't have time. If you'll pick up our prayer map, actually, it'll, it'll it has a real short story of a pastor that prayed for Costa Rica and uh, for a particular village, and uh, and so pray for labors. That's can be, that's I believe that can be our part in reaching the world. I believe, by the way, that's each and every one of ours part. Are you with me? Uh, It doesn't matter your age. Uh, It was mentioned that children, of course most of the children left, but uh, children can uh, do scripture assembly and they can pray, right? And uh, you don't have to be called to cross the seas. We're all called to pray. Jesus said, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, That he would send forth labors into his harvest. And by the way, I have good news. Uh, uh, Last time I heard that the nation's 70 um, is now 50. Now, I know that's, you can take it, you know, it's good news that it's not 70, it's only 50, but, but that means there's still more praying to be done. Amen? There's still more places that I believe that God wants to call. God is probably calling. Some aren't listening, but maybe the reason is some aren't praying the Lord of the harvest, that He would send forth labor. So I encourage you, I challenge you, maybe you're already praying for labors, but if not, uh, it doesn't matter whether you use our prayer map or not, but pray systematically through the world, and particularly for unreached people groups. It goes out even beyond the, the countries that we think of geographically. Uh, it goes in further into uh, uh, people groups. There was a little mention about Uganda, one country, but there's different people groups, different uh, languages and dialects. So many needs, And uh, we find time for all kinds of things, but let's pray for labors. And then number two. Uh, I believe this is for everybody as well. We are to participate in the labor. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't believe it's God's will for everybody, you know, to be what we call a missionary. Uh, I believe, uh, I'm just meeting these other missionaries, but uh, I believe, you know, based on what I heard tonight, that, brother, that God called the Risingers to go to Uganda. I think we would all agree with that, right? And uh, that's God's will for them. And, uh, but we can all participate in the labor in our Jerusalem, right? Uh, that is uh, not just for the pastor or for the missionary, but for every child of God. 1 Corinthians 9.16 says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me, Paul said by inspiration, if I preach not the gospel. And uh, sometimes I, I, need, I need to have that you know, perspective. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. And in Romans, Paul talks about the fact that he is a debtor. And every child of God is a debtor because the gospel is a gift that we receive, but we're not to hang on to it, right? It's one of those gifts that you can keep giving. You don't lose it when you give it, right? There's some gifts. If you, you know, the twenty dollars uh, that, that I put in the boys' plate, Amen. I will find out later tonight if that helped or not. But uh, uh, that that's uh, I'm not going to get that back. Now God can bless, but you know we don't teach a prosperity theology, right? But the gospel, folks. When I share some of the gospel with someone, I give the guy. I'm not losing it, right? <laughs> amen. I'm still saved, right? And uh, and then to participate in the labor wherever I may be, whether People say, you, know, you won't get a real burden for Uganda, okay, or to cross the seas if you if you don't even cross the street." Hello, it's kind of it's kind of quiet. We this is again, this is not Pastor Mark's only Pastor Mark's responsibility. We are all to participate in the labor. Um, some people say, "Well, God hasn't called me to go." I trust He's called you to stay. Then Jim Elliott said. Why are you waiting for a voice when you already have a verse? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Again, I'm not saying that, that, uh, that God is calling everyone here to, to cross the seas. But if He doesn't call us to cross the sea, He has called us to at least cross the street. We're to participate in the labor. In 1 Corinthians 15, 34, I don't know if uh, some of the other brethren here have thought about this. It's amazing to me. How much God has to say about missions in the books of 1st and 2nd Corinthians. You know, we think of the book at Corinth or the church at Corinth was a pretty carnal church, right? I mean, they had all kinds of problems. And a lot is said about missions. I think that one of the things that God is saying is, look, if you'll get missions right, kind of the so other things will start to fall into place. Some churches have this idea that missions is just another program of the church. I believe biblically that missions is the purpose of the church. Okay, And so we are, we are all to participate in the labor. And in 1 Corinthians 15:34, there's a very sobering verse, and Paul, by inspiration, says, "Awake to righteousness, and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God." And then he says this, "I speak this to your shame." Now he's speaking to the church at Corinth there, but uh, of course, all Scripture is for our prophet. And uh, and uh, I think that uh, you know I guess I guess we would have to think about that. What if Paul wrote a a letter to you know some of us are from different churches, most of us are from 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 the church here. But what if he wrote a letter to us? How would that verse be penned? And um, and so I uh, I have uh, he says for some have not the knowledge of God, and that is folks that is true today. Um, I've heard some different statistics. I like to say 76% of statistics are made up. Someone came up to me once and said, is that true? (laughs) Anyways. um, uh, uh, But they say that half or a third of the world has never once heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, I submit that that's not God's will. and so we need to pray for labors. And I believe that's every one of our part in reaching the world. If we're going to reach the world, we need to pray for labors. Number two, we need to participate in the labor. You may know the story of Kevin Carter. Kevin Carter was a South African photojournalist. You may remember the picture of a vulture kind of stalking a little girl. Um, and uh, this picture was taken in Sudan in 1993. And... Um, he was awarded. He was actually awarded a Pulitzer Prize in May of, of ninety four for the picture, and the picture gained some you notoriety. Know, people started asking questions like, "What did you do for the girl?" and uh, and he began to be criticized. I think rightfully so for not helping the girl in the picture. He said he he said basically, well, "I was just there to take pictures. I don't know what happened to her." And they, people got really upset when they found out he was uh, like less than a mile, I think, from a from a feeding station. And he could have gotten water and and food for this starving girl. And yet he knew nothing of what happened to her. And uh, two months later, he committed suicide. And in his suicide note, he said he was depressed and haunted by vivid memories of starving or wounded children. And... uh, And, you know, perhaps we, we would all jump on the bandwagon of, of criticism, you know, especially, you know, seeing the picture, this little girl about to starve to death. I mean, the vulture was basically waiting, you know, that was the vulture's next meal. And, uh, and this man could have helped. He could have done something, but he did nothing. And, uh, and yet, as we, make, as we think about that spiritually, people are dying. Spiritually, right? And it doesn't matter what color they are, what language they speak. And, uh, and whether they're in Uganda or in a in, in Maine right without the gospel they are starving and they will die eternally and go to a place called hell and so we we need to be motivated right to participate in the labor I I remember um, well I, I'll, I'll stick with one illustration um, I, I got to brother Mar some you, you've I've been to 26 countries, and most of our, our, our trips are to English, Spanish, and Portuguese-speaking countries. I'm selfish. I speak those languages, and I like to be able to communicate with people. And so, um, uh, well, a few, several years back, actually, I asked my pastor if there was a place he wanted to go, and he said, Romania. And to be honest with you, I thought to myself, I don't speak Romanian, right? I don't want to go to Romania. And, uh, but, uh, but the Holy Spirit said, you, you should go where your pastor wants to go. And so I said, all right, let's go to Romania. And so our church actually supported two missionaries there. We ended up taking a team, of, I think about 12, uh, 14 of us or so, and went to Romania in 2011. And, uh, and so we were working with the two missionaries. They had a church in the village, a town, and a city between them. And so most of our work was going to be in the city. We actually rented a, a building because the church met in a, small, in a small building, and we were hoping you know, that we would, our group, fill up the, you know, their, their place, meeting place. And, uh, but but one, on Monday, we just went to the village, just did some distribution. We didn't even have flyers like you know, like we have on most of our trips. Um, and, and then we had a service that night. It was not really an evangelistic service. It was, it was just to have a service with the church people in, uh, in that village. And so I was actually standing in the back. Um, and uh, after the service, the missionary brought a man to me and introduced him to me. And the only reason he did that was because... He uh, was Romanian, but he lives in Seville, Spain, and had been there for 10 years as a truck driver, and just so happened to be on vacation for two weeks in this village, Haret, in Romania. And so I got to witness to him in Spanish. He had just gotten a, a Fidela Bible, a, a Romanian Bible, uh, that, that, of course, we had shipped beforehand. And so he had just gotten the, his new Bible, and I don't know Romanian, but I could find the verses. I'd show, them, show him the verses. He'd read them in Romanian. I'm witnessing to him in Spanish. Long story short, uh, he, tr- he prays in Romanian. I don't know what he said, but he trusted Christ as a Savior. In our conversation, he said, you know, my wife was going to come, but some things came up, and she didn't come. And, and I didn't think, to be honest with you, I'm, this is, the point here is it's not my faith, but I, I didn't think they'd come. But I said, hey, you know, we're going to have a service in Onesht. It was about an hour away. And I said, on Friday, we're having a service there. We'd love to have you. I uh, didn't think much more about it, to be honest with you. But on Friday, here comes Nikolai on this little m- motorcycle with his wife. And so, of course, we were exat- ecstatic to see them. They came in. I uh, had the privilege of preaching that night uh, through an interpreter, of course. I told the missionary, after I'm just going to give you the invitation. So I went down and sat there. The seats went up like this. There was no middle aisle. There were two aisles over here. My heads bowed. And then I kind of looked. I was trying to figure out what was going on. Well, he was giving an altar call. And, uh, his church workers were dealing with people that were at, at the altar. The other missionary was interpreting for the deaf and, and dealing with some of them. And then over here, uh, was Nikolai and Miha- Mihaela. They're just standing there because there's no more altar workers. And if it had been anything, anybody else, I couldn't do anything about it. But I knew they spoke Spanish. So I walked over and said, What have you come forward for? And, uh, and Nikolai said, my, my wife would like to make the same decision that I did. And, uh, of course, I didn't have to talk much. I just preached the gospel, just asked her a couple of simple questions. She she knelt right there. And, again, she prayed in Romanian. I don't know what she said, but uh, I believe I'm going to see them in heaven someday. Why? Because I was just willing to participate in the labor. I didn't want to go to Romania, to be honest with you. But, uh... But I was willing to participate in the labor. I thought that I was just going to get to do what I have other people do when they go to Spanish speaking countries. Of course, Pastor Mark helps us out because he speaks Spanish. But uh, even my own family, they, they, they can't really converse very much, but they can smile. Right. And say a word or two and, and give someone a portion of the word of God. And, uh, and so that's all I thought I was going to get to do in Romania, but I had a divine appointment by the grace of God. By the way, that, the, the, those two, this couple, Nikolai and Mihaela, I connected them with missionaries that were going to Seville. I had looked into it. There was no independent Baptist church in, in work in Seville. Seville is the fourth largest, and a lot more could be said. But uh, the missionary wrote me about a year later, uh, and he said, Hey, brother, I've been meaning to tell you, Nikolai and Mihaela have been coming from day one since we arrived on the field And they appreciate your ministry. And so the the point there is, is it's not because I'm a super missionary, folks. I, I was just in the right place at the right time. And you know what a blessing it is to be with the Holy Spirit of God when He convicts a sinner that they are sinners and that they deserve to die and go to hell. And yet they realize that Jesus Christ paid their sin debt in full. And they receive Christ as Savior. What a blessing. What a privilege. As, as I think was also mentioned earlier, that we, we get to be a part of the plan. Right, Pastor Mark? What a privilege. We get to participate in the labor. But they say that only 5% of Christians witness. Should we be surprised that half this world then has never heard the gospel? And so we, we've got a lot of people missing out on their privilege but also responsibility. Number three, uh, to provide for the labor. my wife's not here. I appreciate your prayers for her. she's got some medical issues going on and um, but uh, sometimes she, she, she's like, I don't like it when you preach on money. and I'm like, well, the Bible talks a lot about money. So we're going to talk about money, all right? Don't get too nervous, all right. But number three, we can pray for labors, we can participate in labor and we can provide, I used to say provide the loot, all right and, uh, but anyways, Uh, I just say provide for the labor now. Uh, I don't want you to go rob the bank to pay for the missionaries, right? But uh, provide for the labor. Now, go with me to Philippians chapter 4. We're familiar with verse 13. I can do all things through Christ with strength with me. We're familiar with, ver- you skip down to verse 18. You know, my God shall supply all your uh, all uh, your needs Are in glory in Christ Jesus. And, and we like those verses, but I want you to see the context, okay? You know, there are some promises. I'm glad for the promises in the in the Bible. And there's a little song that we sing, you know, all the promises in the book are mine. Well, that's not really true. There's, there's some promises that are only for specific purposes. People, there are some promises that are unconditional. I'm thankful for those. But there are some promises that are conditional. Are you with me? And this is one of them. Look at the context. Verse 15. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. And missionaries, a long time ago when I thought about that verse, I thought to myself, you know what? At this point in time, the Apostle Paul only had one supporting church. Right? And I said, well, if he can do it on one supporting church, I'm going to press on. Amen? Don't give up. And, uh, and, and by the way, our faith is not in the churches, it's in God. God uses his people. And we're going to see here quickly three biblical principles or reasons to, to give, to provide for the labor. And uh, uh, it was asked last night publicly, I haven't had the chance to talk to Pastor Mark, whether you call it faith promise, it doesn't really matter what you call it, but uh, giving for the cause of missions. And, and that's what we're talking about here, because Paul is, uh, is, right, he's a missionary, what we today would call a missionary. And he says, uh, no church committee." So he had one uh, supporting missionary, or supporting church, and he says, verse 16, For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Now that's what we usually think about. You know, churches support my parents there in Brazil, and uh, they're help, helping meet their needs, so they can work full-time in the ministry in Brazil. And uh, and so they're meeting the missionaries' needs, and we understand that, and that's that's a biblical reason. There it is. All right. So the church in Thessalonica um, sent and helped him in his needs. But look at two better reasons. All right. Verse seventeen. Not because I desire a gift, Paul says, but I desire fruit that may abound to your accounts. And uh, and I I believe I don't know these missionaries here very well, but I think I, I believe that that uh, of course some of them are already supported by this church, but you know, when, I, when we go to churches, if we're not careful missionaries, we, I understand that it, you know, it's a means to an end. The missionary is trying to get to the field. I'm on the de- perpetual deputation, right? I live in the U.S., and so uh, I'm not raising personal funds, but I'm raising ministry funds. But I believe that our heart is, we're, it, you know, it's not what can the church do for me, it's what can the missionary do for the church, right? We want to add fruit to your account, Amen? Maybe you're not that excited about that, but I want fruit added to my account. So I support missionaries through my local church. And when I pre- read their prayer letters, man, people are getting saved. And uh, yes, the missionary's doing that. And, 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 uh, and of course, God's going to get the glory. But uh, hey, I'm selfish. I want some fruit, Pastor Mark. Amen. And so as I invest in missions and then God uses them to, to, to bring forth fruit, part of that fruit, biblically, right here it is, is added to my account. Hey, that excites me, brother me. All right, as I support missions, I have fruit added to my account. And, uh, and they're doing the work. I'm just investing. And, uh, and, uh, and so what a blessing that is. But here's an even better biblical reason to give. Verse 18. I love this. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to the missionary. Is that what it says? Church, help me out. Is that what it says? No. It says, well, pleasing to God. Now, so let's illustrate quickly. Don't raise your hands, but if I were to ask, how many of you want to please God? I, I hope and trust and believe that all, every hand would go off, right? We want to please God. What if I then asked, how many of you give to missions through your local church? Now I don't know, but statistically, you know, seventy-six percent of statistics I made up. I know, but statistically, not everybody does. Um, and so, here's my point: it's not the missionary that's missing out. Okay, um, I, I'm, I'm going to just use brother uh, brother Risinger. I don't know if he's been here before or not. So, if this church does not support brother Risinger, does not take him on, he's not the one missing out because God's going to supply his needs. Right. And, and I'm not saying it's God's will for the missionary, you know, the, the church to take every church missionary that comes through. That's that's between the church and God. But here's my point. If if I if a church come, a missionary comes through my church and if I'm if I'm not giving towards missions through my church, I'm the one that's missing out. I'm not only fruit added to my account, but I'm pleasing God. I know there's other ways that we can please God, but this is a specific way that the Bible tells me that I can bring an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. And in the, in the context, it's talking about their participation, their communication—not verbally, but financially—to the ministry of Paul to advance the gospel to the regions beyond. What a blessing! What a privilege! It reminds me of the story of the missionary that came to America, or back to America, He was on furlough. I believe he was in India. And uh, he gave his, you know, missions presentation. He's back at the door. And a little girl comes up and says, Mr. Missionary, I don't have much, but, you know, she gave him a penny. And the missionary thought to himself as he put that penny in his pocket, his first thought was, what am I going to do with the penny? Then his second thought was, well... You can about get a track printed for one penny. And so he said, I'm going to get a track and I'm going to track the track. All right. And so he got himself a gospel track and uh, he, he's back in India now. He gets on the train and uh, he's going on the train and a man, an older man gets on the train and sits right in front of him. And God said, this is the man to give the track to. And he's thinking the track is in English. This man doesn't speak English, and he's like arguing with God. And uh, finally, he gives the man a track. They go a few stops. The man gets up and gets off the train. The missionary goes on to his place of service. About a year later, I think, he was coming back, to not on furlough, but back into the main capital, I guess, to do something. And guess who gets on at that train stop? The same man. And the man actually recognized the missionary first and came over and in broken English, told him this story. He said, I took your leaflet. I couldn't read it. I went back to my tribe. He was basically a chief of a tribe. And nobody in my tribe could read it. And finally, someone told me, well, you got, you got to walk, I don't know, umpteen miles to someone that can tell you what that track says. And he did it. He walked, well, however many miles it was. And someone uh, translated the gospel track for him, and he got saved. Yeah. Then he went back and told his whole tribe what the gospel track said. And a bunch of them got saved. And... Why? Because a girl gave a penny. Amen. Amen? Boy, you talk about some dividends, right? That girl's got some, some dividends. She's got some fruit added to her account. And can I tell you, that little penny that she gave to that missionary didn't seem much to uh, the missionary at first, and it might not have seemed much to anybody else in that church, but little as much when God is in it. And what a blessing, what a privilege that we get to give. And uh, I think this was alluded to last night. Um, I believe that, I do believe that judgment is either coming, uh, it's coming, it's either already coming or you know, on its way to America, and I believe one of the reasons that we, that we still have some liberty and some blessings is because we haven't turned our back completely on Israel yet, and because we are still sending missionaries, and thank God for that. But I will tell you, we're not number one anymore. Uh, we might, might be number one as far as the total amount, but, but per capita, we're like number 17, okay, lest we get on our high horse, okay? And think that we're the answer. Um, God is doing a great work in other countries. I think our brother here can probably uh, talk some more about that. But uh, God is raising up labors. Not, and I'm not saying I, I believe we still need to send American missionaries. But God is doing a work in other countries, and uh, and raising up labors, and uh, and the unreached are being reached. There's still much to do, and so let's pray. Let's participate. Whether that's crossing the sea or crossing the street, let's participate, and then let's help provide, right? For those that God is calling to places that we cannot go, we can still invest in the work uh, and help do our part to reach the world. Now, all that was introduction, and I'll give you the message in five minutes, okay? Um, I think it's five till. And so, I forgot my watch on this trip. You know what it means when a preacher takes his watch off anyways, right? Nothing. So, all right, real quick. All of that, I don't think any of that was new. Um, We all know that we're supposed to pray, participate, and provide. But can I just quickly give you three reasons, okay, why? Why should we do our part to reach the world? We know what we should do, but sometimes maybe we lack the motivation, And so, real quick, three motivations, three reasons why we should do our part to reach the world. Number one, the sinner's plight. 2 Thessalonians 1.8 says, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. What a sobering verse. And uh, we know that God is just and... uh, And those that die without Christ will be sent to the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And you know what the worst thing about hell is? It's not the physical torment. It'll be a bad place. I don't know if you've been burned. I don't have time to talk about when I got burnt. But uh, getting burned is no fun, right? Well, think about being burnt for all eternity. But the worst thing, my dear friend, about hell is not the physical torment, but the presence or the absolute non-presence of God and His glory. Think, think about that. That's why we always think about, and I, and it's good, we think about the physical torment that Jesus went through on the cross. Folks, that that was nothing compared to when he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken him? You see, God, Jesus is God. We can't even understand it. God and Jesus were separated for the first time ever in eternity because he took upon him our sins. He basically took that punishment, separation from God. Now, Those in hell will have that forever and ever and ever. Of course, it felt like forever and ever for Jesus because he is God. And we can't even understand that separation in the Godhead there. And oh, what Jesus did for you and for me and the sinners, the sinner's plight, people are dying and going to hell. That's why we should pray more. That's why we should participate. And that's why we should provide, number two, the saint's purpose. 2 Corinthians 5 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are be- God, or, excuse me, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, that verse 17, a lot of times and we hear it taught and preached in the context of separation. And I don't have a problem with that. I think that we ought to look different, talk different, walk different. Amen. We ought to listen to different music and so on and so forth. But it's in the context of, again, missions. And and bear with me, and I'll I'll bear this out very quickly. And all things are of God. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation, verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself. So again, it sounds like missions, right? The work of Calvary. Not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath uh, committed unto us the word of reconciliation. I like that. That's where our ministry comes in. He gave us the word of reconciliation. Amen. And so we'll, we'll mention that a little bit tomorrow night. But the word of reconciliation. And then verse 20 says, now then we are ambassadors. Who's we? Not just Paul, and an elite group of missionaries. We, the body of Christ, we're ambassadors. We represent, not the president, folks, we represent the king of kings and the lord of lords. The creator of the universe, the one, the only one and only savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. We're ambassadors for Him. And we're ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ to be reconciled to God. So here's my point. When it talks about we're a new creature, we have a new purpose. But most Christians, many Christians, are still living for self. Many times, I live for self. Okay? And I'm not sure, I, we, we joke about food, fun, and fellowship, right? Baptist Distinctives. And we've had some of that this week, and we'll continue to have that. I'm, I'm for those things. Amen? Uh, I'm all for food, fun, and fellowship. But, folks, it's not about my fun. It's not about my pleasure, but it is about His. Amen. And, and, and my purpose, my, the saint's purpose is not living for self. And we don't have time to dig that out. But, uh, folks, we are to live for Jesus. Amen? And, and to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the last point, and I'm done, is the Savior's praise. The Savior's praise. Not only the sinner's plight, they're going to die and go to hell. And some people, especially when they're first saved, man, they're, they're on fire. I'm thinking of uh, a lady that I got to lead to the Lord, and immediately she said, oh, you've got to pray for my parents. And and my family members, and they need to know this. And I actually got to lead her mom to the Lord on WhatsApp. She's in Mexico. And I don't know the whole long story, but, uh, but uh, she had a burden, right? It's, 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 it's exciting to get around a new convert, and they're on fire. They want to see other people saved. But can I, can I be honest with you? If that's your only motivation, maybe it was some Christians' only motivation because they burn out. They get tired of people saying no and closing the door in their face. And it's a biblical motivation, the sinner's plight, but it's not enough. And so we need to understand our purpose, the saint's purpose, and and so we can, you know, stay on task. But but the greatest, I believe, is the Savior's praise. I don't have time to go to Revelation 4.11. You probably know the verse. We sing it, or at least uh, there's a chorus. But it talks about the glory of God, and it culminates, I, I encourage you to tonight or sometime during this conference, to just say, take some time. Revelation 4.11, it kind of culminates in chapter 5, builds a beautiful scene, and it kind of climaxes in verse 12 there, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory. And, uh, and, uh, and I finish with this last illustration. There were two, uh, two men in Germany in the 1700s they heard of a man who owned an island in the Caribbean and had about two to 3,000 slaves that he had brought over from Africa. And he said, no gospel preacher is welcome here. And so these men, you know what they did? They sold their lives into slavery. You say, wow, what love for souls. I would not disagree with that, but it went deeper than that. And the reason we know that is because when they were on the boat getting ready to go uh, leave and saying goodbye to family and friends on the shoreline, one of the men yelled, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his sufferings. You see, they weren't going as church planners. And church planners, don't misunderstand me. I love you. I pray for church planners every day. And we supply scriptures for church planners. I am for church planners. We need church planners. But they weren't going to start a church. They were going as slaves, Brother day. They, they didn't even know that they would see people saved. But you know what they knew? They knew one thing for sure. They knew that they had a Savior that is worthy, worthy to be known and glorified throughout eternity. And in the next 25 years, 100, hear me well, 100. Individuals and families went out from this church in Germany into the mission fields of the world. They say that it was called the Moravian Call to Missions. More was done for missions in that 25-year period than had been done in the previous 200 years. And that is one reason we put our prayer map. I believe Jesus is coming soon. I'm not a date setter. I don't know when he's coming. But he's coming soon and he's worthy, my dear friend. He's worthy of all those people up in Alaska. All those people behind uh, places like Iran and, and in Uganda. And on and on we can go talking about places that need the gospel. Yes, so they can be saved and escape hell. Yes, yes, so we can fulfill our purpose. But above all, that the Savior would be praised. For he... Is worthy. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to pray and ask the pastor to come and take the service. Father,